Hi, it's Dune here, your host and hype girl. And before we dive into today's episode, I want you to take a hot second to reflect. What's that passion, unique experience, or knowledge you have itching to be shared with the world? For me, it's always been about guiding you and cheerleading incredible women to start your businesses. So what's your thing? You see, everyone's got something they excel at, something they just can't stop talking about. And it turns out that one of the best ways to monetize those passions is through sharing that thing with the world as a digital course product. My life's work has been to chat with more than 600, 7, 8, and 9-figure e-commerce founders. And it's through those conversations that have led me to creating a foolproof playbook and my go-to guide for early-stage founders in the form of my first-ever digital program, e-commerce fundamentals. But it wouldn't have been possible without Thinkific. The beauty of this platform lies in its simplicity. Cute templates and a super easy to use editor. No coding headaches, no tech-induced stress, just pure focus on what matters most, the content. So if you've ever been curious about building a course to teach your passion, this is the way to do it. The genuine support from the Thinkific team turns it from this lonely, confusing headache into the most fulfilling and easy project. Go to the link in my show notes to get a free trial on me. This is Ellie Webb for Female Startup Club. Hi, welcome back to the show. It's Dune here, your host and hype girl. Today, we're learning from Ellie Webb, who is the founder of a non-ALK company called Kalenyo. She's the only solo female founder in the no and low drinks category in the UK, having launched her tropical non-alcoholic spirits brand three and a half years ago. And this was really interesting for me. If you guys have been following along, you'll know that All of last year, I spent in R&D for a non-alc wine company, so I really already knew who Ellie was, and I was really excited to dig into her story, and it is so inspiring. Ellie's launch plan totally flipped on its head when she got an unexpected call from Sainsbury's, which is the biggest supermarket chain in the UK, and ultimately launched nationwide into 500 stores. We talked through how she had to pivot to raise capital her most exciting marketing moments to date, and her crazy moment on Emily in Paris. Now, just quickly, listen in. If you are a hype girl for Female Startup Club and you're listening in all the time, you're a fan, we are gearing up for our next big launch and I want you to be part of it. I want you to be the first to know about it when we make the announcement. You need to go to Female Startup Club dot com forward slash waitlist to put your name down, join other women who are part of FSC and keep in the loop with us. I'm so excited to share this with you guys. I've been working on it forever and it's nearly time. Okay, let's get into this episode. This is Ellie for Female Startup Club. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ellie, hi, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am excited to be here too. And I'm excited to chat to you because you might not know this, but we have a few similarities, a few synergies in our, I guess, stories. First of all, my husband is half Colombian. And so my mother-in-law is from Colombia. And we have a lot of that kind of like link in our general day-to-day, well, not day-to-day, but, you know, life. And then secondly, last year, my husband and I spent a year in R&D developing a non-alc wine company. So I'm so familiar with your brand. I had, you know, been totally immersed in the industry for about a year. In the end, we decided not to pursue it. It didn't make sense financially. And it was just so bloody hard. So I'm really excited to dig into your story and how you've kind of made it work and learn all about Caleno. Do you want to start by giving us a little introduction to who you are and what the brand is? Yeah, sure. Um, Thank you for that, by the way. And like amazing to be talking to you. My name's Ellie and I started a brand called Caleno. I launched it almost four years ago now, so just right of four years. And I used to work in the drinks industry and then, yeah, discovered this world of, of non-alcoholic drinks or, or not. It didn't really exist at the time and felt like there was definitely a space for it. So I've been running this business for about four years. I've done every job pretty much. I've worn different hats in the business, I've, but I've always been known as, as the founder. I started it on my own and 
now have a team around me, which is amazing. So cool. It's interesting that, you know, four years ago, like you said, it was kind of not really a a well-known category. You were really on the cusp of this, what's now a booming trend, or not even a trend, but a booming category. So I can only imagine that back then it must have taken a lot more education in the market and a lot more persistence to kind of get this thing out there and to gain such, you know, enormous, the enormous traction that you have. Where do you like to start your story? What's the light bulb that kind of went off for you that got you thinking about building Caleno? Yeah, so a lot of people, funny enough, ask me this. Um, And for me, it was actually wind back around five years ago. I used to work in, I, I still worked in the drinks industry, but very much on the alcohol side. I was working for a drinks distributor at the time who sold predominantly alcohol to pubs, bars and restaurants all over the UK. And I worked in their, in their marketing team. And I think working in a, in a boozy company, it, you just, you just end up um, drinking a lot basically because all the social events will revolve around drinking. I mean, it's fascinating because you do, I learned so much about, about that world and, you know, the nuances of spirits. I did training on wine and spirits and I found it fascinating. You get to meet some of the people that create these products um but back in 2017 uh, at the start of 2017 I think you know I'd had quite a boozy Christmas I was getting sort of towards my 30s late 20s at the time and thinking I just can't I can't deal with it anymore I can't deal with the hangovers um, I can't deal with like the next day anxiety and I really just felt like coming into the new year I wanted to take a bit of a break which is difficult, right, when you work for an alcohol company. But I decided to do a little challenge called Dry January. And I was quite adamant that I didn't want this to change my habits, like not go out socialising with my friends just because I wasn't drinking. So I still went out, met my friends. And I can remember one night in in Bristol, city in the UK where I lived, um, being out with my friends. It was a fun night. It was a music night. We went to see a live band. They were at the bar ordering. They weren't taking part in dry January. It's just me. <laughs> so much for solidarity. And they were at the bar ordering I think, gin and tonics, cocktails. Um, and I was stuck there with a pint of Diet Coke. And then I think I ordered another one. And then after that, I was like, I really don't want to drink this all night. So yeah, I you're like, I can't drink this anymore. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know what, what to order. And it was like that moment when you go to the bar and you panic. And you're like, well, I don't want any any of that sugary stuff or the stuff that kids order, like J2Os and squashes. So I was kind of stuck. And throughout the month, I kept having very similar experiences, just coming up against it whenever I went to order a drink. Um, I would normally end up drinking something I didn't want to, just because I felt like I was being punished just because I didn't want to drink alcohol. Um, These were my options. So I kind of got thinking about that. And, and how the drinks industry is so innovative, one of the most exciting industries, in my opinion, to, to be in, yet they got it really wrong when it came to, to non-alcoholic drinks and people that didn't want to drink. And as far as I could see, me in my kind of late 20s actually wanting to cut back, maybe start to live a little bit of a healthier lifestyle. Um, and the more and more people I spoke to, they agreed with me. Um, and so this kind of sparked 
the idea which then eventually led to Colenio, but this idea of why aren't there better options available? Why are we still still drinking Coke, squash, J2O, um, elderflower, cordials? Like why why is this still happening? And what I really wanted were these grown-up, flavoursome, well-made drinks, whether it's cocktails or spirit with a mixer, which was which is what I tended to drink. What I really wanted was that taste and flavor profile just without the alcohol and that's that's kind of what sparks the idea and and got me thinking about it and and researching and and looking into space a bit more because I just couldn't I couldn't understand why there wasn't more available. Had you always seen yourself as someone who wanted to start a business were you wanting to be an entrepreneur or had you kind of just come across this realization light bulb moment and decided like Hey, maybe I could be the person to start this thing. I think I think like everyone, you know, when people, you know, you always say, "Oh, wouldn't it be nice to start a business?" And then, you know, it never ends up being anything. Or you think, "Oh, I've not come up, I've not come up with the right idea yet." I definitely was in a space where I was looking for what's next. I wanted to progress in my career. To date, I'd followed like quite a linear path I'd always progressed I think I'd had about four different positions in the company I was in in like a relatively short space of time so I was always looking to progress and I was kind of looking for the next thing and it didn't feel like the next thing was was in that company I really wanted to grow a brand and um, go out there and say I've done this but I kind of looked at brand manager roles and, you know, brands that already existed. And I kept getting knockbacks. I kept getting told, oh, you don't have experience because the work I did was very B2B as opposed to B2C. So I kept getting told when I would go for interviews with, you know, beer companies or you know, within the drinks industry because I love the space. I got told, um, you know, I always got beaten by, by someone who had more experience in that area. And so I think I just ended up getting quite frustrated and, and kind of, saying to myself if no one will give me a job then I'm gonna just go out and create my own role for myself which is what I ended up doing so yeah I think I fell into it because of really from necessity and frustration in my situation of wanting to to do something and and grow something and having said I'd done it but not being given the opportunity so kind of took that narrative and and took control of it if if you know what I mean and launching a business felt like the best solution. Absolutely. Best experience you can get, <laughs> for sure. 100%. 100%. I wish I'd done it earlier. <laughs> Me too. In those early days of kind of having the idea and coming up with the concept, you know, for me, when I look back at my journey going through the non-alc wine, which is such a complicated process, the R&D was just, it was just madness. For you in those early days, what was the R&D part of this story and what was the process for you coming up with a formula and kind of developing your first product yeah good question so it started with um me going to the internet as I said like I did have a bit of training in in spirits I'd done um what's called your WSET which is your spirits and and wine training so I understood how the process of how they were made and I kind of thought okay well I just need to apply that to um what I'm trying to do but just not be left with a flavored alcohol at the end of it which ended up proving harder than I thought I mean I went online I bought 
different botanicals that I knew about that I thought would would be great as ingredients and and I tried to um distill the flavor from them from just in my kitchen at home like heating them um putting small amounts of alcohol to try and extract the flavor and I think I I spent (laughs) I spent about a month or two doing this and and going back and forth and then and then I just hit a wall and I was like I just don't have I don't have the um the expertise needed to, to move this forward I felt stuck um so I ended up finding someone on LinkedIn of all places um she was a beverage uh development specialist who actually lived close to me and so I contacted her and, and told her what I was looking to do and she was like look this hasn't been done before she didn't she didn't say yeah absolutely I can do this she was like we can figure this out together how we do this you know me know having a good idea of what I wanted the blend to taste like and the different distillates and ingredients to include but not really knowing how to get there and also I didn't just want this to be a kitchen product I want I knew I wanted I knew this could be big I could see the potential to really change the drinks industry and and how we thought about not drinking so I always wanted this to be big so knowing that from the beginning meant I needed to get someone with expertise in this area creating a safe non-alcoholic drink that would be safe for people to consume um, but also get the flavors coming through so that people don't just drink it and go this is squash or this isn't taste of anything or the flavors just get lost like it was really important to me that it was going to be a great tasting product so that process basically took um a year and a half more or less um I was still in my job at this point so anytime I um, I could I would meet up with with this person and we basically um speak to different companies order different distillates and and start blending and you can go really specific on provenance of ingredients and where they come from and the type like you know one flavor of pineapple can be super different to to another same with coconut you can kind of get toasted coconut flavors and and so it was a lot of experimentation and a lot of going back and forth um, and a lot of talking to, to bartenders and literally going into restaurants and bars with my bottles and getting feedback and then going back and, and iterating. And were you thinking of this as kind of like going down the retail distribution pathway from the get-go or were you thinking about this business as a D2C or, you know, kind of starting small locally at farmers markets and things like that and kind of selling directly through your own website? I think with the biggest business, I've always thought big. I've always, from the very beginning, I wanted this to be a global, global business because, it, like, I'm not, I'm probably not over, like, over-egging it when I say there just really wasn't much available, and I could see the potential. Uh, I didn't jump straight to retail. I thought potentially we were a bit early for that. I thought about bars and restaurants, so actually seeding the idea with those guys and and getting using them to get feedback um and really seed the the product with consumers and then also do see so that's actually where I, I launched first of all was was online with my own website first version a friend created for me a second version was like I think I paid like five thousand pounds for a guy to kind of build it all for me and then you know you go from better versions but it was definitely DTC first and get get consumers buying the product and then and then build it out from there but it didn't quite didn't quite go um the the plan that ended up happening wasn't quite the plan that I'd first what's the plan that ended up happening (laughs) versus the plan you thought Um, 
So the plan that ended up happening was um, I'd met I'd met someone um, about six months prior to launching. I'd gone along to a festival, a drinks festival. It's called the Mindful Drinking Festival, um, run by guys called Club Sodi, who you may have heard of in your kind of non-alcoholic wine experimentation days. But they were basically big champions for people in the non-alcoholic industry and, you know, really pushing consumers to try these products. So I went along with 20 bottles I'd made at home just to get feedback from people. And there I met someone from Sainsbury's, uh, you know, a retailer in the UK. And he said to me he really liked the product. He was obviously there, I guess, scouting for for different drinks and, and looking at this category as kind of an emerging space. He said he really liked the product and would be in touch on Monday. And I was so sceptical. I was like, retailers don't just walk up to you and, and say they'll be in touch. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Really bizarre. But he did. He got in contact. And at that point, like I said, I had 20 bottles. I was still kind of blending it in my kitchen. And this is pre-launch, right? This is totally pre-launch. This is pre-launch. Yeah. Pre-launch. And then as as the, the months progressed, I was getting closer and closer to doing my first run of a 1,000 bottles. And he gets in contact. Uh, this is close to Christmas now. He said, look, the buyer is looking at this category and um, she wants to start stocking non-alcoholic options in the store. Why don't you send in a few bottles? So I did. And I hear back. And basically, to cut a long story short, they want to put Kalenia in 500 of their stores nationwide. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. That's what I mean by unexpected. That is crazy. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> that's the dream yeah. oh my it was, gosh it was mad that's a whole other logistical <laughs> supply chain yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't craziness. Even yet. <laughs> oh my gosh okay I want to get into that I have a few more questions before we even get to what that means and how that changes the course of your you know the next phase of your launch I guess how were you thinking about the money piece of the puzzle? Obviously, it can be expensive when it comes to R&D consultants, working with people in that space, then producing the MOQs, um, the bottles, the bottling, and kind of you know the website and getting everything ready to launch. So I'd love to talk about the money piece of the puzzle, how much capital you needed to get started, and how you were thinking about the money piece and how you were going to kind of build the business. Yeah, so I think the original thought, I mean, I had the idea in 2017, worked on it for about a year and a half. And during that time, I was um, still working. So I needed to find a way to, I knew that was holding me back. I was getting up early in the morning at five, working my business, going to work, coming back, working on on this idea. Um, But I knew I needed more time in order to kind of make it work. So I needed to be able to go full time. I had a mortgage, you know, I had financial commitments. So I couldn't do that without without a bit of cash. And I had my own money that was putting into the business. I think in total, I put it like in total around £10,000 £10, is what got me um, to a liquid, to kind of a, a prototype product. I was pretty fortunate on the branding side, somewhere that I'd interned, at like a great agency in London where I'd interned a few years before, offered to do the work, the branding work pro bono, which was a massive like a massive stroke of luck for me because that would have been a big chunk of my budget so I was really scrappy in the beginning but with about 10 grand I managed to to do what I needed to get the like the whole business to a place where I could put it in front of investors and then you know when I was speaking to Sainsbury's I, I quickly realized I'm going to need I'm going to need cash to fund need a lot of cash. Quite a large production <laughs> 
the marketing spend that inevitably comes with launching with a large retailer and also some people like I was a solo founder so I didn't have anyone working with me at the time so it started with um you know small amount of money you know less than 10,000 and then I um my first round of investment was a quarter of a million to basically the runway being like 12 months to kind of ideally last me for help me bring in a few staff on the operations and marketing side and sales to fund that first round of production and any marketing spend and also help me market the product and get it out there because food and drink is so competitive you do need to to market the product to get it out there and, and do sampling and events like I spent my first few months just running around with a bar or driving around with a bar in my car and then just kind of trying to get the product out there. Wow. So that, that's kind of what the first, first bit of money looked like. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you went through that raise, you know, we've heard horror stories of people, you know, having 200 meetings before they get their first yes. And it's very difficult. It can be very difficult in the beginning. But hearing your story and knowing that you had that, you know, PO from 
Sainsbury's of 500 stores. Did that make the experience a little easier to go out and raise by having that kind of traction that you could show as as proof or was it still the hard slog? <laughs> it's, still a hard, it's still a hard slog and it's still a lot of preparation. You still have to build out the plan. You still have to show that you thought 12 months ahead, that you know you have a vision for where the company is going and and you thought about, I think the hardest part is for me was I've never done any of that stuff before. So I was learning and then having to do it. And so it was stuff that didn't come naturally to me. So it probably just took longer. I had to ask a lot more questions. But definitely, I think having having commitment from a national retailer saying that, you know, they want to stock your product really helps when it comes to investment. So and it's really clear how, you know, being really clear on how the money is going to be spent. But I think I would say that going in as a solo female entrepreneur on my own with zero experience in business definitely at a time stood against me. I think there were there were a few questions raised around my age and you know, you know, would I be able to do this? And I think I didn't really this was my first experience like to that point, I'd not really thought about, you know, going into a business solo on my own, I'd not really thought about the fact that I was female. And it's only really when you start to experience investment boards and um you know people in the space and, and going out to pitch that, that you start to realize this is quite unusual um or it was at the time and we're talking you know four four or five years ago now um fortunately it is changing maybe not quick enough but at the time it was it was quite unusual to see a young girl on her own pitching for quite a large amount of money with no experience Gosh. Um, so there was a lot of belief there. Gosh, isn't it so bizarre? So bizarre. Obviously, that it seems like it's slowly starting to shift, even though the statistics are so, you know, low still about the amount of funding that goes to female founders. But hopefully it is trending in the right direction. And as we know, there are so many more female founded businesses coming out. But still, it's such it's so cringe hearing those questions that you get asked around gender and can you do this and it it doesn't seem like it would happen if you were a guy to be asked those kinds of questions yeah I think generally it just feels like yeah generally it just feels like women have to prove themselves more I definitely felt like I had I had to prove myself that was the underlying feeling like I have to prove myself yeah when you were going through that process, you mentioned, you know, obviously you didn't really know what you were doing. You were just figuring it out by learning as you go. Were there any kind of resources or courses or grants or things that you were turning to that other founders might be able to look to as go-to resources? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I looked for local grants. I looked for local resources or, you know, just national ones as well. And I got some of them too. I think we, you know, we're really lucky, um, well, particularly in the UK, that there are people available and companies available to kind of encourage entrepreneurship and help you. I went along to workshops to understand more about business and, and financials, which I wasn't particularly strong in. It wasn't like my my strong suit, but suddenly I was in a position where I had to understand a profit and loss, a balance sheet, and didn't know how to. So I just took advantage um, of as much as I could and spoke to people that were further along the journey than me I think that can really help and and later down the line I think being part of communities you know with communities you've got people that are super early on in the stage and people that are later on so 
now where I am, I'm, you know, four years into running my business, I can offer help to people that are just at the start. Um, so I definitely lent on that a little bit more. And I think, you know, just ask people. The worst they can say is, no, I don't have time or I don't want to. But generally, I find people want to help if they can. Um, but just keep an eye out for, for any re- free resources because you just don't know what a difference it could potentially make. And whenever I got grant money, like, I was like, great, I can put that towards this bit of marketing or use that to do some more R&D on, on product. So it can make a real difference. Yeah, absolutely. Gosh, very cool. I want to dig more into now kind of the launch period, especially that first year in business where you've obviously launched into 500 stores, you are going all ham in marketing. I'd love to understand what you were doing around the launch, what was working and kind of what your focus was to, you know, get your first customers through D2C and kind of, I mean, this is a so many part question, but also to make sure that your marketing was working for Sainsbury's as well. Yeah, I think in the beginning, because, you know, resource was super tight. So when I launched for about three, four months, I was on my own. So everything I was doing, I had to manage myself effectively. So I think for my marketing, it meant just being quite laser focused in what I was doing and and not trying to do it all. So it meant not having lots of different social media accounts. It meant like not trying to do loads and loads of festival and events a because I couldn't afford it and b I was just one person so I tried to be quite laser focused on what I was doing so three things I did Uh, one was collaborations so it was speaking to other brands that had bigger followings than me and had like you know a solid customer base that were in the kind of same health wellness space where I thought colonials and non-alcoholic spirit would appeal to people um, but also felt in keeping with the brand so I teamed up with um, healthy crisp brand called Emily's Vegetable Crisps um, oh, there was a, a kind of a soda drink can company that had like a tropical soda that I linked up with and served um, I went down to Pineapple Studios um, because I really wanted the, the brand to be about dancing and fun and, and the experience as opposed to just like the drinking. And, and there was this problem I found that when you talked about not drinking, people just assumed that you were going to be really dull and boring and not be able to have a fun night out. So I kind of purposely chose brands that were like Clenya, quite vibrant, quite colourful, quite out there and collaborated with them. Um, In what way? What kind of collaboration? So we would run social competitions. So basically to boost Clenio's following and then offer prizes at the end of it. Um, So that was one way. Um, Giveaways, you know, that kind of thing. So that that worked really well because at the time I didn't have, I didn't really have anyone following me. No one knew about the brand. I needed to get the word out there because I was going into 500 stores. So that was kind of the first way to do it. The other way was I reached out to a load of influencers. So probably people at the time, this was back in 2019, with maybe anywhere between you know, a few thousand to 20, 30, 50,000 followers. And again, the only card I had to play was that it was dry January. And I knew that a lot of people would be taking part in dry January. This is when I launched. 
Um, so I messaged a load of, of people and said, look, I'm launching this, this new brand and basically offered to send them out some bottles. And if they liked about it, then please feel free to post. So again, that was like leveraging their followings and people that they would post to that might be interested in in the space and and might be taking part in dry January. So again, that was another way of of getting the word out. And the third one was just sampling, was getting people to try the products. The our bottles are eighteen pounds uh, a bottle, so they're not. It's not like buying a chocolate bar for a couple of pounds or a bag of crisps. Um, you're parting with a bit more cash. So a lot of the time, people want to try something before before they buy it at that price point so I was going into Sainsbury's stores and doing samplings at the front of store I got like a lot of really skeptical people being like what's the point but you know why would I not want to drink alcohol and I talked to them and and actually it was funny seeing the turnaround and people that were really skeptical would then end up leaving with a bottle (laughs) yeah (laughs) actually really interested (laughs) that was quite fun yeah and just going just driving around to different markets and and places in London just trying to get the word out so January was a big month for me because I knew that that was when a lot of people would be taking part in the challenge or you know just trying to to take a step back from alcohol maybe after having quite a boozy Christmas like I had had a couple of years before so those were the three kind of main things I focused on and then once funding came through I also started spending more money on social media advertising which at the time, you know, worked really well in kind of getting, just getting exposure out to thousands and sometimes millions. Yeah, gosh, how times have changed when it comes to Facebook and Instagram ads. (laughs) God damn it. Tell me about it. As you've kind of progressed, you know, in the last couple of years from the, you know, that first year to now, what are the kinds of exciting marketing initiatives that you're doing to stand out and what are the growth drivers that you pull now to continue to grow um I think we launched in 2019 and and as we know 2020 was was COVID quite early quite early on the year we got we got hit by the pandemic (laughs) I know and so we sort of had our first year, summer was a really important time for us. We have, as a, as a non-athlete brand, we have different peaks in the year. Like January is a, is a big time for us, so it makes sense to, to spend a lot of money then. We dabbled in in a couple of events in summer, the first year we launched. But to be honest, where the brand has really come alive with its marketing has been this year, when we've been able to go out and meet people in real life. So at the start of this year, we're kind of well we're kind of out of lockdown sort of anyway there's a moment where I'm talking to the team we've got a huge campaign planned we've got a massive bright yellow bus that's going to drive around the country dropping off bottles of Polenio and we're going to do these um, big sampling activities in three key cities so uh, London, Bristol and Manchester up in the north and so we've got plans and then we're kind of hearing right after Christmas that Things are going to, going to be shut down. We're kind of heading back into, into COVID. I'm like, oh, my God, no, this is terrible. And so we have to make a bit of a call. Do we pull it? Do we lose the money? Or, or do we try and, and pivot? And I think the fact that we were we were still really small, we could be quite agile. So we changed those plans slightly so that we could do the sampling outdoors where, it, you know, we were still early on in January. And people were still out shopping, doing their, 
you know, their January sales shopping. So we got to sample with a hell of a lot of people. We got the bus out there. And and actually, because I think a lot of brands were were afraid of, of spending money at that time, we didn't really see many other brands doing anything. So I think for that reason, we got a lot of impact and a lot of cut through because we were quite bold in going, yes, we're, we're still going to go ahead and do this and and go for it. And then it, it's just built from there. We, um, we then did our biggest ever summer campaign this year called um, Say Yes to a Summer of No Regrets. And that's really the sentiment there is going, go out, live your best life. Don't worry about hangovers. Just like enjoy it and you know drinking flanias it's not about sobriety and and just completely switching off the alcohol it's there to help people that that want to moderate and maybe like me want to drink less alcohol but want to have a great option when when they choose to do that so we went out as a big campaign it was again a bit of a a risk because we we decided to spend big on out-of-home media Um, I think we reached like 60 million people um impressions wise across the UK we went to 50 different locations um, we we bought a an old defender that we repainted we now call her Shakira and she's like our cocktail <laughs> sampling truck that's driven all around the country oh my god that sounds um, so fun yeah and then we sampled we sampled like 70,000 people already this year so it this year was like a really big bold year for us in marketing I think just having couple of years where we couldn't really do much and our hands were a bit tied like Kalenia's a really in-person brand when people show up and we give them a drink there's music there there's, there's quite often dancers there's a bit of an atmosphere and we couldn't do that very well virtually it was a real struggle to bring that to life and I was sick of telling people you can have fun when when you don't drink but I needed we needed to show people and so this was our way of showing people and changing perceptions so I think for me that's been the kind of proudest moments um, for me and the team in terms of our marketing. Wow, that sounds so much fun and so exciting to kind of, what I also love about this is like, you know, you always think that you're going to launch a brand and everything's going to happen straight away, but things do take time. It does take years of building the foundations and setting the tone of the brand to then have your kind of pivotal key year that kind of really kicks things off and kicks it kicks it into the next level. As you look to the future, what are the kinds of things that you're getting excited about now? Oh, excitement. I mean, I'm excited most of the time because I love I love the industry that I'm working in and I've got a great team. I think I'm I'm really excited currently about the bar and restaurant industry opening back up because again, I talk about experience but really people go out to restaurants bars and pubs to really get an experience they can't get at home and that's meeting with friends family great food great drinks and a really great atmosphere and that's not a channel that we've been able to to play in for for a long time now in fact just before the pandemic hit we were just starting to make inroads so that's a channel I'm really excited about that to help us bring the brand to life um at the start of the year we were in less than a handful of markets we're now kind of rapidly increasing to 30 40 markets towards the end of this year so that's huge for us Um, and some really some really big markets as well so I'm really interested to learn about how the non-alcoholic industry is going to mature in other markets and 
what learnings we can take from the UK and what will be different because there's going to be different nuances. So that's also really exciting because, like I said, from the beginning, I wanted this to be a global brand. So it feels like that dream is being realised. But to what you said before, it does take time. I remember the first year going and working so hard. I'm doing all this stuff and it, you know, nothing's really changing. But now I, you know, I meet people for the first time. They're like, I've heard of your brand or I've tried it or I've bought it from you know, one of the retailers that, that, we, that we work with. So just like gradually that awareness grows and all of the effort that you're putting in does pay off but it takes you know unless you're super lucky and you know your brand just takes off which is really rare by the way really rare <laughs> um it does take kind of quite a lot of hard graft and work but I'm excited to see the progress that's happening gosh me too I'm so excited for you holy moly what advice can you give to founders who are just getting started and entering into the beverage industry, whether it's in ALK or non-ALK? Yeah. Um, I think generally what I would say to, to anyone starting out is just grasp every opportunity that comes your way. Um, and don't be don't be afraid of failure because I think People who are afraid of failure eventually ends up holding you back and meaning that, that you don't do things like it's OK to fail and learn from it and then and then try again. So I think advice to people maybe starting out in the drinks industry or, or food and drink. Be tenacious, don't take no for an answer and be curious, ask questions, meet people, grow your network. For me, building a network in the space has been hugely valuable I think I often say the team people work with people they enjoy working with so it can go a long way just being a nice person and helping and and you know eventually that will come back around it's kind of good karma right and I think specifically to female entrepreneurs I think in the beginning I was maybe afraid to be confident and bold in in my opinions or my assumptions um and I think having my own business has shown me that actually I can do this and I'm, I'm very capable and I think quite often particularly women they lack that because it, it can sometimes take time to build up that confidence but hopefully what this podcast will show you and all the other amazing women that have been on here is that we're, we're capable of so much so having that that confidence even if you have to feign it sometimes just go in and just be bold and if you're pitching for investment or you're pitching for a new customer, just just have that have that belief in you that it's going to be okay. Love that. Thank you so much for sharing. Hey, it's June here. Thanks for listening to this amazing episode of the Female Startup Club podcast. If you're a fan of the show and want even more of the good stuff, I'd recommend checking out femalestartupclub.com where you can subscribe to our free newsletter. We send it out weekly covering female founder business news, insights and learnings in D2C, and interesting business resources. And if you're a founder building an e-commerce brand, you can join our private network of entrepreneurs called Hype Club at femalestartupclub.com forward slash Hype Club. We have guests from the show joining us for intimate Ask Me Anythings, expert workshops, and a group of totally amazing, like-minded women building the future of D2C brands. As always, please do subscribe, rate and review the show, and post your favorite episodes to Instagram stories. I am beyond grateful when you do that.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market hey it's june here thanks for listening to this amazing episode of the female startup club podcast if you're a fan of the show and want even more of the good stuff, I'd recommend checking out femalestartupclub.com where you can subscribe to our free newsletter. We send it out weekly covering female founder business news, insights and learnings in D2C, and interesting business resources. And if you're a founder building an e-commerce brand, you can join our private network of entrepreneurs called Hype Club at femalestartupclub.com forward slash Hype Club. We have guests from the show joining us for intimate Ask Me Anythings, expert workshops, and a group of totally amazing, like-minded women building the future of D2C brands. As always, please do subscribe, rate and review the show, and post your favorite episodes to Instagram stories. I am beyond grateful when you do that. Mm-hmm.